I myself was the only one that was going to be able to make that change for myself because I think everybody has to take that step back and evaluate who they are, what they are destined to be, and what calls them, what fulfills them. And for everybody, that's going to be different. Welcome to Career Relaunch, the podcast dedicated to helping you reinvent your career. My name is Joseph Liu, and I'm here to help you gain the clarity, confidence, and courage to overcome the challenges of making changes to your career so you can do more meaningful work and truly enjoy your professional life. In each episode, I feature people who have decided to step off the beaten path to reinvent their careers and do work that matters. We talk through their unique personal stories, the challenges they overcame, and the lessons they learned to help you understand what it takes to relaunch your own career. Today, my guest is going to share her story of relaunching her career from being a marketer to a registered nurse. We're going to talk about managing the steep learning curve of any brand new career and how to deal with all the uncertainty along the way. Afterwards, I'll address a listener question about what to do next after you've been let go of a job you didn't like very much in the first place. Today, I'm speaking with Pam Katz, who spent 20 years in the business world, including operating her own digital marketing company. Around the age of 40, she went through a sort of midlife reevaluation. Even though she had a successful business and was pretty good at what she did, she didn't feel fulfilled by what she did each day. So she decided something had to change and eventually went back to school to get her master's in nursing. She's now happily immersed in her second career at the Rush University Medical Center as a hematology oncology registered nurse. She also volunteers her time to help vaccinate people against COVID-19 in the more vulnerable areas of her city. Taking care of others is in her blood. And she's now in a role that helps others, gives back, and serves the greater good. Now, I decided to have Pam on the show because, first of all, given the current pandemic, we're long overdue for having a nurse on the show. And also because she's going to share some useful insights on what it takes to completely shift directions in your career, even if that journey's a little more challenging than you expected. You can get all the show notes from today's episode at careerrelaunch.net slash 74. Pam spoke with me from Chicago. Well, hello, Pam, and welcome to Career Relaunch. It is great to have you on the show. Why, thank you so much. It's good to talk to you again. Now, I know you're quite busy right now, so I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us, and I just want to dive right in and, first of all, get a sense of what you have been focused on in your career and your life before we dive into your career history and some of the transitions you've been through. So I've been at uh, Rush University Medical Center for three and a half years now, I work on a hematology oncology unit, so we handle all of our blood cancer patients and all of our stem cell transplant patients. Right now, I'm very focused in on getting my oncology certified nursing certification, which is a higher level certification within the oncology area, and kind of looking to see maybe what might be next in the nursing area for me, whether it's taking it up a notch with what I'm doing or going to outpatient. The great thing I have found about nursing is that there are so many opportunities and so many different things you can do with that education and background that the opportunities are endless. Now, I know you've spent a few years, and that hasn't been a tremendous amount of time, coming up on four years working in nursing. And I've got to ask you, what impact, if any, has COVID had on your day-to-day work as a nurse in a hematology oncology unit? Believe it or not, it's had an impact in many ways for us. Our census, so the number of patients we had on the unit, dipped somewhat in the height of COVID because I think many people were putting off care. The nurses on our unit 
often ended up floating to those units that were accepting the COVID patients. And you felt like you were part of a bigger mission to attack this pandemic, help the people, and also try to help figure out what those therapies are that would work the best. You know, as the course of last year, the, as the pandemic kind of ebbed and flowed, you know, people can only stall their care for so long. So our census came back up and it's pretty much stayed up since. But education and communication with our patient population is specifically impacted because most of them have a very compromised immune system and they're far more susceptible to catching things like COVID. And the impact on them, were they to get it, would be far more devastating. We had to learn an awful lot in terms of mitigation strategies above and beyond what we would normally counsel our patients on. Well, I think it probably goes without saying, just on, on behalf of everybody out there listening and me also, we definitely appreciate what you and all the other nurses and doctors and healthcare staff are doing out there during these really challenging times. I know you haven't always been a hematology nurse, Pam, and I do want to come back and talk a little bit more about your day-to-day life as a nurse, but I was wondering if we could First of all, just go back in time, because this is a show about career change, and was wondering if we could go way back in your history and talk about what you were doing before nursing. Tell me about your time working in marketing, and then we can move forward from there. So when I got out of college, and truthfully, even going into college, I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do, because you know, you've got your Venn diagram, what am I good at, and what do I like to do, and those that intersection can you know, encompass many things. But I think I initially went into marketing and advertising because my eldest sister did, and it seemed like an interesting thing to do. So I got into marketing. I was working at ad agencies early on for a good chunk of my career, moved into digital marketing, you know, back in the late 90s, I'll say, um, when things were just starting out and proceeded to specialize in that for the rest of my career. And on the back eight years, so I worked at United Airlines, I worked at FTD, had a number of different agency and client-side marketing roles. But in the end, I ended up starting my own digital marketing company. It's called Charlotte's Web Marketing. Did that for about eight years. I mean, it was great. It was very fulfilling at the time. I ran a successful company. I had employees. Marketing is an interesting beast, and I never would want to disparage the occupation overall. But for me, it felt like I was trying to sell people things that they didn't necessarily need. Now you mentioned United Airlines. What were some of the other things that you were selling that you kind of felt like, I'm not really finding this super fulfilling or gratifying? One of my major clients when I was working at the ad agency was a major movie studio. And there's nothing wrong with like marketing movie studios to people, but you know, like the pictures that are coming out, but a lot of the packaged goods companies and financial services, credit cards, There's a means to an end for all of it. I mean, that's how people find out about products, but it didn't do anything for me. It just felt like I was pushing annoying advertising on people. Because even as a consumer now today, I if I have videos or things I'm looking at online that get interrupted by advertising, I'm like, cut it out. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, it felt very intrusive. And unfortunately, in the marketing arena, it's all very subjective and you're at the whims of your clients. And a lot of them would just not take your counsel on what is the best way to integrate into a consumer's media consumption versus just blasting them as hard and fast as you can. 
So it sounds like you had a bit of a combination of disenchantment with both the work itself, because you're marketing products that maybe you aren't super excited to market to people. You're feeling like, should I even be trying to, to use your words, push these products onto people? And also, it sounds like there was an element of you not completely having control over the output of that marketing, which it seems like you were a bit at the mercy of your clients. At what point did you go from maybe being frustrated with these things to realizing that, hey, I'm not fulfilled? How did you know that? It was a couple things. One of which was the uncertainty that it all brought. So one of my biggest clients was going through bankruptcy. I didn't kind of know the longevity of what that client relationship was going to look like. Were they even going to be in business? How was that going to impact my bottom line? But I think the lack of control and the lack of certainty over my destiny, is scary when you're running your own business and finding out that you may not have perpetual income for the next year. It wouldn't go uh, unnoticed by most people who know me. I have a decently high risk tolerance, but I also have to have a certain amount of control and certainty. So it was kind of that combining factor of don't really feel like I'm getting fulfilled by this. So I sold off the remaining business I had after that big client was having its challenges. And I quote unquote went to work for them, but they're based in San Diego and the remote thing was just not ideal. I would travel out there regularly and go meet with these clients and I'd run up against the same damn thing. And it was almost like Groundhog Day because it was like you had little control over what they were doing, how they were doing it. And they would make just what seemed to be very subjective, not logical decisions about how to manage their business, let alone the marketing. And I think my head was ready to explode at that point. Was that the tipping point when you realized that something had to change? Can you take me back to that moment when you said, okay, I'm doing something else? I was coming back from a business trip. I was on the plane and, uh, you know, that you can do iMessage and I'm messaging with my husband and kind of expressing my frustration because it was kind of, you know, how things simmer for a long time and then you slowly turn up the heat and it starts to boil over on you. And I said, I don't know if I can do this any longer. This is not me. And as we kind of talked it out and tried to work through, like, is it marketing? Is it this particular agency? What is this? And at the end of the day, what it said to me was, I need to be doing something that's important to me that I feel like I'm giving back, like I'm contributing to society. My motto today definitely is never say never. And you can always make a change because it's so true. I started doing a lot of information gathering. At the end of the day, it entails more schooling, leaving, making a paycheck. I always tell people, I'm like, maybe I was partially insane for doing that, but not truly. It was just, it was definitely scary. And how did you come up with the idea of getting into nursing? So I had done a lot of volunteer work over the years. One is I volunteered with a home hospice and it was just the most awesome thing on the planet. What I've discovered through all of this is connecting with people and listening to people, not hearing them, listening to people and really caring for them at these crucial moments in their life was something that really kind of drew me in. It was really an enlightening moment for me. When the hospice program got sold, I ended up going over to the Lurie Children's Hospital. I would visit 
quite a few of these pediatric ICU patients, play games with them, distract them, you know, just kind of help them through their stay from a non-medical standpoint. Volunteering obviously will not make you money. And it felt like I wasn't doing as much as I was capable of, and I really wanted to challenge myself. So with all of these volunteer roles that I was doing, it really started pointing me in that direction based on those experiences. Sometimes the universe talks to you in direct and indirect ways. And it felt like it was pushing me along like a wave pushes people along in the ocean, you know? So I ended up talking to a lot of people in the medical you know, field. I just started like really digging into, would this be something I'd like to do? I ended up taking a medical terminology class at the community college here just to see if I was on the right track. Really liked it, proceeded to continue to take more of the prerequisites that one would need for, and I opted for a master's program in nursing because I already had a bachelor's degree. I felt like that was a more calculated good move on my part. And are you just doing this in the evenings and weekends, or is this like a full-time program? Uh, That is a full-time program. So that was obviously made it more challenging because then we had one income, two small children. They were around four at the time when I started this whole process. They're going to be 12 next month. Time flies. But you know what? I was going to be, they were going to be 12 years old. I was going to be 48 years old, regardless of what I chose to do. So why not take that chance to be happier? Yeah. And what was running through your head as you progressed through that program, which I'm assuming involved you being one of the older students in the program? What was that experience like for you to go back to school? Well, you know, you start to question yourself, like, am I capable of this? Can I still learn? Can I, you know, because there, there is something to the old adage, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And I don't think that's actually true. I just think that you learn in a different way. I would say a majority of, I'll say women, but there were about a half a dozen men in the program were in their 20s, but there were actually a couple um, women that were older than me. And so many of them, and I don't know if this is an age thing or not, very competitive. It felt like this somewhat cutthroat environment, but that wasn't me. The real nut of it, which was super fascinating to me, is that when I was in college the first time around, was so different because this time around, I was very focused. I knew what I wanted and the learning was not something I had to do, it's something I wanted to do. And it was gonna be super important as I moved on and actually took a job being a nurse. So it's almost like you're sucking it in like a sponge versus feel like you have to do things because you know those are important things that you're gonna need to keep in your head for when you start working in that occupation. Business is a little more fluff, I'll call it. (laughs) It's not Uh fluff, but you know, in terms of marketing, there's not like, it's very subjective. There's not as much concrete, like it should be done this way. This is best practice. And I think that's the way my brain works. It's a little more, not, I mean, there's gray areas everywhere, but it's more evidence-based versus like fluid. Well, I would like to shift gears a little bit, Pam, and just talk about your time as a nurse. So you graduate from your program, you enter into your first nursing role, and what was that like for you to go from marketing products to now being in a clinical setting, taking care of patients? Can you just try to put into words what that contrast was like for you? Oh my God, it was so different because you know I was used to being the boss. 
I was used to knowing my craft inside and out. People would look to me as the experts after, you know, 20 plus years. It was a little scary, it was a little daunting because I was like, I didn't know everything. And I think part of why they wanted me is because of the life experience, because of the stability, I don't know. But I discovered that I could lean on the things that I knew in terms of collaboration and relationships, but I really had to focus in on learning the tasks and the skills and the not feeling overwhelmed. I mean, it was walking for the first six months to a year, it was like, oh my God, is this, can I do this? Because I would look at these other nurses on the unit, some of which older, some of which younger than me. They were able to easily do the things that needed to get done, but also do the education and the emotional support and all these other things. I was like, oh my God, am I ever going to get to that point? And I did. But at the beginning, it felt like I was drowning a little because I didn't have the same handle on work that I did before I left my old world. And at the same time, did you feel like this was the right choice for you? And if so, how did you know that? I couldn't say for six months that I knew that was the case. Not that it didn't feel right, but that could I actually do it? Because it's such a steep learning curve for anyone, let alone someone who had been doing something else for so long. But you start to find your hands. You start to be able to build that agility and deftness from a task perspective. And you start to speed up how you're able to do things. And things don't nearly take as long as they used to. And you learn more about the diseases that these patients have on your unit. And you spend enough time with the other nurses and the doctors and you listen and you pay attention and you observe. And all of a sudden, you feel, it's like this the stone that gathers moss. You know what I mean? You're, all of a sudden, it's starting to build up and build up and build up. And you hit a point where you feel comfortable. The more that sort of snowballed for me, that really kind of clicked in like, okay, not only do I enjoy doing what I'm doing, but I can do it and I'm good at it. I think this is one of my strengths is I know how to communicate with people. I know how to build rapport and trust, add that into the, you know, the medical knowledge and the skills. It kind of makes for a, a good package, if you will. And I think we've all crossed paths with nurses at some point in each of our lives. I certainly have. Do you feel like there's any sort of misconceptions that either patients have consistently about nurses or even misconceptions you held about being a nurse that have now been dispelled for you? I think a lot of people think of nurses as people who are taking your vital signs, cleaning up after you, if, you know, for instance, if someone's incontinent or very basic things and they don't realize the extent to which we go to school and have to know so much about what's going on. The focus so much on the providers, the doctors, and at the end of the day, they don't know it all. And we're the one advocating for them. And I think eventually they, you know, they recognize that and they're like, okay, now I know who's going to help me get to where I need to be. I mean, don't get me wrong. The doctors are invaluable. They know their stuff. They've gone to school for far longer. I get that. And they're, especially within when they're not like an internist and they're in, you know, with the doctors I deal with in particular, they're very specialized. They really know their stuff. I absolutely respect and value everything they bring to the table. But I think the patients expect that, but they don't necessarily expect that the person who's really going to be holding their hand through the process is their nurse. And now before we talk about some of the lessons that you've learned along the way. 
I do have to ask you a little bit about your experience as a nurse, especially at this particular moment in time. And we touched on this earlier, but we're recording this in spring of 2021. And I was reading a study by Incredible Health, which is a hiring platform for nurses. And in one of their recent surveys they conducted on the impact of COVID on over 60,000 nurses, they found that 80% of chief nursing officers report an increase in permanent nurse turnover during the pandemic. One third of nurses have experienced financial hardship in the past year. How has your experience as a nurse been during the pandemic and how are you coping with that? I've actually read similar stories to you. And the thing that is surprising and not surprising is the mass exodus out of the healthcare field and out of nursing because people felt so burned out by it and so overwhelmed by it. And I can appreciate that because you have enough people dying on you and people you can't help because you, we didn't know enough or we didn't have the, I mean, we, we are very fortunate at my hospital is that we were never turning people away. You know, our facility was built for a pandemic. It was really built to handle something like that because we were able to turn over so many different units. The facility was really turned into, I'll say a war zone facility because not only were we getting our normal patient population, but smaller hospitals or hospitals that weren't capable of handling these patients were transferring them into us. But it was overwhelming because we weren't staffed for that. But I'm sure I could see why they would have been burnt out. They're like, I didn't sign up for this. Did you ever feel like, gosh, this was my idea of what nursing was going to be for me and now this is what it is? Did you ever have any similar sorts of feelings like, hey, I didn't sign up for this? I didn't. And I'll tell you why is because I feel like no, I didn't sign on to do a pandemic, but nobody in this world did. I felt like it was our job as healthcare providers to help people regardless of kind of the situation. And it was almost empowering in a weird way, like for me. So, like I said, I could see how people felt overwhelmed and burned out, but I was also new to this. When the pandemic really hit, I was two and a half years in and I was still kind of feeling that adrenaline of newness and really loving what I was doing and how can I help and how can I be part of this? So my perspective was probably a lot different. Yeah, some people come to nursing as a job. Some people come to it as a calling based on the timing and the revelation of what I should be doing in my life. I'm sure there's other places I could be working for more money right now, but I really love what I do. I love my facility because they're very focused in on health equity, not equality, but equity and really raising up populations and helping populations that need it the most. We're on the west side of Chicago, which is definitely a less advantaged area. And we do so much as an institution to help people over there. There's a lot of things related to gratitude and really wanting to do for others that drives me. On so many levels, I walk out of work most days saying, that was really cool. I was able to make a difference in that person's life. The last thing I want to talk about, Pam, before we wrap up here is just the lessons you've learned along the way in your career change journey. And one of the things you mentioned to me when we first connected is that 
you and only you can make the change that you seek and that no one else is going to do that for you or hand it to you on a silver platter. What did you mean by that? It would have been super easy for me to keep doing marketing. It was profitable. I could do it. I knew it well. From my perspective, the gutsiest move was to pick up and totally change because it was completely like jarring to my confidence, initially at least, my confidence and my resiliency. And But at the end of the day, nobody was going to say, oh, Pam, you should change and do this. Here's what you should do. Here's the plan. Here's the blueprint. I myself was the only one that was going to be able to make that change for myself because I think everybody has to take that step back and evaluate who they are, what they are destined to be, and what calls them, what fulfills them. And for everybody, that's going to be different. I know quite a few career changers in my life, and most of them would probably tell you that was the best move they could have ever made. And they thank God that they took the risk and persevered through the uncertainty to get to that place. I have definitely discovered that having more experiences not necessarily make you a better person, make you a better whatever, in this case, nurse. Even the new guy can have the better idea in anything you're doing in life. And, you know, specifically in a medical setting, is how you carry yourself, how you communicate with people, how you build those relationships. Should I have made the change sooner? I don't know. But I am super glad I did. And the other thing that was interesting is that I think from an outsider's point of view, or even from me at the very outset of this, you always think like the docs are the experts and everything. But the reality is that's not necessarily the case. And a different set of eyes and a different set of perspective on anything is a good thing. Just because you're not the doctor doesn't mean you can't have the greatest impact. And for those people out there who are thinking about switching careers into nursing or or even for that matter, making any sort of a major change to their career, what's something that you wish you had known about career change that you now know having been through this transition? Do your legwork. When you start to figure out the different areas that you're interested, talk to people, shadow people, you may not know what the next best thing is for you until you take that journey. And just because that first step you take either doesn't work out or doesn't end up being the thing that you really want to do doesn't mean you're not going to get there. It is a journey and it is not a sprint. It is definitely a marathon in so many ways. You're not going to necessarily get to happy overnight. You're not going to get to there necessarily on your first foray into something new. A lot of legwork up front will get you to where you want to be faster and in the best place versus rushing into, oh, this sounds great. Like if I had rushed into nonprofit marketing, I never would be where I am today. You know, I went into thinking, I'm this old, older student like you were asking me about earlier. Can I really do this? You know, these other girls are going to run circles around me. No, (laughs) that was not the case. And it really like, you know, you feel like you're good at what you do, you feel like you're smart, but sometimes you can even surprise yourself. Remembering that you're not always the underdog and you may just be the next best thing to what you're gonna be doing next. And take the time to really evaluate and know who you are to know what you wanna do next. You gotta be true to yourself. 
All right, Pam. Well, thank you so much for sharing that advice and for also telling us more about your transition into nursing, your experience as a nurse, especially during this pandemic, and also some of the lessons you've learned along the way. And I also just want to thank you again for all the important work you're doing as a nurse to take care of others during these really challenging times. So best of luck with those certifications and please stay safe. I will. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. So I hope you heard some useful insights from Pam about paying attention to what energizes you, the importance of learning from others, and why having a bumpy start in your new career is just par for the course. Now it's time to wrap up with today's Mental Fuel, where I'm going to address a listener's question about how to manage not knowing what you really want to do in your career. Thanks to Harmony Design for supporting Career Relaunch. The Harmony Standing Desk offers a smarter, healthier way to work with its simple design that fits into any workspace. It's the standing desk I use myself, and Career Relaunch listeners can get 15% off any Harmony order by visiting careerrelaunch.net slash harmony, spelled H-A-R-M-O-N-I, and using discount code RELAUNCH. This is the part of the show called Mental Fuel, where I finish the show with a brief personal story related to one of the topics we covered today and wrap up with a simple challenge to help you move forward with your own career goals. And for today's Mental Fuel, since we're talking about doing work you find more fulfilling, I wanted to address this question from Simona in South Jersey. Hi, I just had a question. I was just let go of my job of 20-something years. And I was in IT and I really wasn't enjoying it. And I don't know what to do. Have you ever spoken with someone that didn't know what they wanted to do um, next? And I'm 50. I don't know what I want to do. And that's such an issue with me. I mean, I love to, I love to help people. I love to coordinate things. I love to just different things. I just don't know where to look online or if you have a show about that, not knowing what's next. It's very scary. Any advice on that? Okay, Simona, thank you very much for your question. I know you and I have traded a couple voicemails on this topic already, but wanted to go ahead and share your question with all the listeners out there because this topic of exactly what to do next is a really common one that comes up a lot. So let's talk about what to do when you don't know what to do next in your career, some thoughts on the power of experimentation, and I also want to address this question of online research. So first of all, Coming out of a job that you dislike and not knowing exactly what you want to do instead is very normal and very common. It's not that different from breaking up with someone you know wasn't right for you and not having someone conveniently on deck to fill that space in your life. So my first suggestion for you, if you can do it, is to just give yourself some permission to have a bit of a void for the time being. Jobs, even ones we don't like, do fill a part of our lives with something. And when they're gone, it can feel very unsettling. So recognizing that this is normal is very important. Now, I know how uncomfortable slowing down can be because I've been there myself where I leave a job behind but have nothing to do instead. And then I feel this incredible pressure to land my next role right away. But accepting and almost embracing that you're in a transition phase in your career can be one way to alleviate some of this pressure we put on ourselves to figure things out right away. 
which can sometimes just end up in you hastily rushing into your next job that ends up being the wrong job. Now, once you've got that mindset, as hard as that can be, I think of this as a unique opportunity to take a step back from everything and reevaluate the must-haves and nice-to-haves in your next career. You mentioned you didn't really love your last job in IT. You mentioned you like helping people and coordinating things. So I'd try to pinpoint exactly what you would like to have, what you must have, and what you absolutely don't want to have in your next role so you can approach your search in a targeted, thoughtful way, which ultimately maximizes the chances of you landing in a role that feels more fulfilling. Now, you may be thinking, yeah, I'm clear on that, but I still don't know what that translates into in terms of a specific job. Because the problem is, even if you know you want to help people or coordinate things, that could generically translate into a million different types of roles. So you asked about other episodes, and one that immediately comes to mind is the one with corporate lawyer turned psychologist Vicki Dane in episode 12, where we talked about the fertile void when she was between jobs and just spent a bit of time experimenting with some different ideas. So that gets me to my next suggestion here, which is to give yourself some room to experiment, to perhaps dip your toe in the water with a few different ideas you might consider. Similar to Pam, maybe you enroll in a part-time course, or maybe you volunteer for a bit. I'd try to shift from reflecting too much on what you could do to actually putting yourself out there and trying things out in a low-risk way. Finally, another thing you mentioned was where to look online to figure this stuff out. So the wonderful thing about online resources is that there are tons of them out there, but that's also the issue with focusing your energies on online research. You can go down a lot of rabbit holes or read lots of conflicting advice, or take too many career interest surveys. I have definitely had this experience myself, where I just end up being more confused by the hordes of information out there online. I have found, especially with seasoned professionals like you, that speaking to other people can actually be much more productive and efficient than trying to just figure it all out on your own. Sometimes one conversation can be way more illuminating than hours of online research, which is what I sometimes tend to do myself. And I'm not talking about hiring a professional coach. I'm talking about having some informational interviews or informal chats with mentors, former colleagues, maybe industry contacts, alumni, even friends working in sectors of interest, and just sharing your high-level thoughts on what you think you may want to have more of and less of in your next career move. The objective here is sort of to crowdsource some ideas that may be worth exploring further. On the one hand, during this pandemic, you might feel like right now is a tough time to reach out to people, but you might be surprised how accessible and open people are at this moment to just do a quick Zoom call. So anyway, I know there's not one simple answer to figuring out exactly what you wanna do in your next career move, but I do feel like giving yourself the space to experiment and have exploratory conversations with others can sometimes trigger some ideas that at least broadly point you in a more promising direction. And if it's any consolation, as challenging as it may feel in this moment, I actually think that these periods of transition allow you to take your career in a direction you may not have otherwise considered if you didn't have this space away from your former job to think about what you really want. 
This brings me to a quote from Morgan Scott Peck. The truth is that our finest moments are most likely to occur when we're feeling deeply uncomfortable, unhappy, or unfulfilled. For it is only in such moments, propelled by our discomfort, that we are likely to step out of our ruts and start searching for different ways or truer answers. So my challenge to you, if you're unsure of what to do as you look ahead in your career, is to step away from trying to figure it all out on your own and instead proactively reach out to someone in your network to talk things through. I'm not saying the skies are going to part immediately, and you may not have any sort of epiphany in the first few conversations, but there is a real power in live discussions that may help you uncover a few helpful themes that eventually lead you to narrow down the overwhelming number of options out there. You never know what ideas may come up that you never considered before. If you or someone you know has made a career change recently, I'm always interested in featuring people who are willing to share their honest, transparent stories on the show. Some of the best guests on this podcast have actually been listeners like you. So I'd love to hear from you at careerrelaunch.net slash voicemail, where you can leave a message, ask me anything, and tell me what change you've made recently in your own career, or apply to be on the show at careerrelaunch.net slash apply. You can also visit careerrelaunch.net slash 74, where you can find highlights from my chat today with Pam and learn more about her work at Rush. Thanks so much for listening to Career Relaunch and a very special thanks to Pam Katz for sharing her personal story with us today from Chicago. I'm sure I can speak on behalf of everyone in the Career Relaunch community who thanks you for everything you and every other healthcare professional are doing for all of us right now. This episode was mixed by Richard Pennington, Electrocardiogram wrote and performed our original theme song. I'm Joseph Liu. I hope you remain safe and healthy wherever you are, and I'll talk to you next time.